understand you were given charge of him. Um, uh, 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 who, uh, who would this be, uh, uh, your, your magnificence? Who? Who? You know who. Um, uh, um, um. No? He who is held above all. He who can clear paths through fans with a mere glance of his eyes. No, still not, um, it's not, not listed down here, um, um, still, no, not, not too sure, your, your, your supremeness of, of all that is, is, is majesty. He who is the omnipotent power that controls El Presidente. Oh, you mean, um... Yes, I mean... The the head head of Pertwee. (laughs) Oops. Get up, Paul! Welcome, welcome, one and all, to podcast staggering stories number one, no, three, no, three, no. three <laughs> one. Rearrange one. these. <laughs> <laughs> the dyslexic podcast. Yes. Thirty-one-seven. Start again. Welcome, 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 one and all, to this podcast number three, one, seven. Yay! I'm Jean. I'm Adam. I'm Fake Keith. And I, yes, I am. Get up, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. I've got a pressy button thing. It's kind she of has. awesome. Don't give me no back talk, sucker. Don't give me no back Ooh. talk, sucker. <laughs> you only need to press it once. Holding your finger on the button makes him talk a lot. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> We're not sure what Mr. T has done with Andy and with Stephen, but um, he's eaten them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're stuck with us, I'm afraid. Yeah, just the four of us. <laughs> just the four of us. Well, and a head. Oh, and and a head. Yeah. So, with no further ado, delay or anything else, I can't remember how the heck Handy says it, <laughs> let's go to the news with El Presidente. <laughs> Doctor Who news. Oh, oh. oh okay. Troughton's graphical discs. Ooh. Do you like a little animated Troughton in your life? If Sounds you do, and if you've gotten beyond that recent crab infestation, then we have some <laughs> good news for you. Missing Patrick Troughton's story, The Faceless Ones, is coming to a Blu-ray and DVD near you soon-ish. After the success of Power of the Daleks and the Macra Terror, BBC Studios is intent on bringing us yet another animated Troughton story, this 1967 one featuring the dastardly chameleons and their attempts to smuggle themselves aboard a package holiday plane from Gatwick Airport. Ooh, ooh, it's just let's, up let's the, down the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Companions Ben, Michael Craze, and Polly, Annika Wills, are clearly also tempted by their bucket and spade opportunities, as this is their final ever story for Ever. And ever and ever. Two episodes of the six survive and will appear as extras, with all oh. six episodes being animated in colour Color. to the original soundtracks. Prepare your wallet for an early 2020 release date. Is this techno colour with super animation? Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> 
This is the one where we nearly got a new companion as well. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. The actress who was playing the kind of like love interest for Jamie went on to the Liver Birds, and our name is escaped. Oh, Polly, what's her face? Or Neris Hughes? No. No, it's not Neris Hughes. It's the other one. She was. In um, Tooth and Claw. Yeah. She was asked to be. The assistant, the new assistant. and what, uh, Shirley Valentine? Yeah. yeah. Pauline Collins. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God, our memory's good, isn't it? Yeah, she been in. With the best will in the world, I think she made the right choice not to because <laughs> she, went on she to... had an absolutely cracking career. Yeah. Well, she yeah. still is having, having an absolutely crack. cracking yeah. career. She went on to the liver birds and all mm-hmm. sorts. But yes, she was She was one of the assistants, a bit like Carly Minogue, that we never got. Only in Carly Minogue's case, they forgot to ask her. <laughs> Too busy, but there we go. Yeah. The good place preparing for the end. Mm-hmm. Prepare to deploy the clown face of sadness as the good place's forking fourth season will be its last. Oh, shit. The, um, the almighty <laughs> creator, Michael Schur. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yeah. I just make a noise there. Surely not. S-C-H-U-R. Schur. <laughs> has said that the decision came from him and his production staff. In a rare move for US TV, they are going out on their terms rather than being cancelled too early or milking the shark of jumpiness. <laughs> sure said of look, this. Look, 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 sweetie, sweetie, <laughs> sweetie. I'm sure when he pronounces his name, he doesn't make a noise as if he's about to vomit. <laughs> just Michael Sure. It's very easy. I prefer... Not Michael... <laughs> <laughs> no, I prefer sure. Has to be said out the corner of the mouth. It really does. It does. No. You, you, I, we're going to go stateside and ask him. He'll punch you in the face for what you've done to his name. Do carry on, dear. <clears throat> given the ideas we <laughs> thank you. given the ideas we wanted to explore and the pace at which we wanted to present those ideas, I began to feel like four seasons, just over fifty episodes, was the right lifespan. Mm. At times over the past year we've been tempted to go beyond four seasons, but mostly because making this show is a rare, creative, fulfilling joy. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we don't want to tread water just because the water is so warm and pleasant. As such, the up-and-coming fourth season will be our last. Oh, I wonder what happens. Mm. I mean, do you go to a good, good place or a bad, bad place? We we'll find out. Mm. Ted Danson, an actor who knows a thing <laughs> or two about long-running sitcoms, added, I know we do fart jokes, but this is a serious show. Any padding <laughs> or overtelling really a really great story would be a shame. The final season will air later this year with 13 regular 25-minute episodes plus a double lengther for the climactic final. Oh, I've only just recently got into this, so I've oh. only got for, gone through the first <coughs> reboot. Yes. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm, it, one I will carry on with. Yeah. But I did wonder how many times you can play with the characters and the Ooh, scenarios quite a lot. before it becomes each, a bit repetitive. All, all I have to say, each season ender is a cliffhanger that completely changes the dynamic of the show. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's 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 been a joy to watch. It really yeah. has. I'm glad they are finishing it yeah. in their own yeah. way. Yeah. Because yeah. you could see how they could run out of ideas fairly quickly. They, they get through it pretty well, quickly. The, they're, they're, the main they're, not, line. they're not long seasons are they? No, 13 episodes. Yeah, yeah. They don't hold it back. Sad news. Ridley Bum, you do this one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just your name sounds like the Doctor Who theme. <laughs> And me and Paul Darrow got on so, so well. well. <laughs> Paul Darrow. Dead. Dead. The actor, the legend and the consumer of vast quantities of scenery, Paul Darrow has departed with a scream. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how they leave when they go down the, uh, the time lash, isn't it? Yeah. With departs with a scream. scream. Yeah. He's yep. 78. Best known to most for playing the anti-hero Kerr, Avon, in Blake 7, Darrow was also familiar in Doctor Who circles for his hamtastic Gamalian Tekka in Colin Baker's Time Lash, along with a rather more restrained unit Captain Hawkins in Poetry's Doctor Who and the Silurians. Numerous other roles included appearing in the likes of Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Law and Order UK, The Star Wars, The Old Republic, MMO, and The Voice of Jack Radio, amongst so much more, including portraying Vimes in yep. a stage version of Terry Pratchett's Guard. Guards. Darrow had suffered from ill health in recent years. In 2014, having to have his legs amputated after an aortic, sorry, aortic aneurysm. aneurysm. (laughs) Sorry, the wrong one. (laughs) Do that sentence again because that was rudely laughed at. Right. In 2004, having to have his legs amputated after a aortic. Sorry, I can't say aortic aneurysm. You ruined that. <laughs> don't ask me a third time. I don't. I don't think that's what ultimately led to his demise. No, I think it was short, short illness, illness that he yeah. had. The first time I met Paul Tarrow, <laughs> no, dark and daddy way. No, no. I had to tell him to get on stage or we weren't going to pay him. <laughs> and I don't think the, he ever forgave yeah, the, me. The relationship never really recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, um, he, we was at a convention and I was green rooming and he was holding court in one of the bars and I came in and they, all the organisers were going, you go tell him he's got to get on stage. <laughs> so I just went and said, well, sorry, we need you on stage now. In a moment, no, now... So, I'll come when I want to come. And I said, well, actually, I've been told by them if you don't come onto the stage, they won't pay you. And I think that kind of like tarnished our relationship because yeah. every time I met him after that, it was like you never forgot it. You kind of like a little bit of coldness there. <laughs> but he was but, good at coldness. Yeah, oh, he was, he was. but I know a lot of people who who knew him quite well and said, yeah, he. he was a genuinely nice, humorous man. I, yeah, he was no. living in Billingshurst, yeah, not too not know. too far away, yeah. and um, one of our photographers had a lot of time for him. Yeah. Always stood his round at the pub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe he was very down to earth. Mm. But not many people could take a secondary character like Avon oh. and turn him into the yeah. star of the show, oh, and even more up. popular than Blake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and he was very, very good at chewing scenery when he needed well, I, I do remember seeing him in Guards Guards. Yeah, it was really good. The yes. thing, the thing I liked about Avon, and I don't know if it was Paul Darrow's doing or it was written that way, was he would smile at the most inappropriate <laughs> <Yes>. moments. <laughs> That's the fun wonderful. of playing a villain, isn't yeah. it? Mm. That's a shame. We'll have to do a proper thingy yeah. for him. We should do. We should do. And apparently, Big Finish are going to continue the uh, Blake Seven somehow in audio. Yeah. Don't quite how you do it without Avon. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, you can do it without Blake. Yeah. But without Avon, because yeah. he was basically in every episode bar one. 
Otis yeah. is going to be if a John Colfer job again. If you without William Hartnell, I'm sure they'll find a way. No, they're not going to recast. They said they wouldn't recast. Oh, right. Mm. Well, they've, no disrespect, but they've said that before. Also, mm. I suppose, yeah. Well, not for a few years. Anyway. You don't know how much she's recorded, how much they've got on the cutting room for. These yeah, days, do. cutting stuff together is a lot easier. Well, so. they've got the next box set. is a trilogy of box sets. They've got the second mm. one recorded. Mm. But they're having to make changes to the end of that to cover the fact he's not in third yeah. box so set. he's going to get arrested or something or zapped into an alternate universe for a while. Go off to do some computer hacking somewhere, I expect. Yeah. I don't know. Storm off in a huff. Yeah. Any addendums? I, I have one small, remotely connected addendum. Oh. <laughs> get thrown back this on. This is age. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Drop, everything drops off when you get to a certain age. Ooh. I'll have you know. <laughs> yes, boss. Sorry, boss. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Dead. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Allegedly, she didn't know she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she, she was. She was Burnley off her head that day, was she? <laughs> There's stoned out of her little gourd. On, on Netflix, there is uh, The Chef Show, which right. is John, F- as, Crum- as, no, no, as Crumbly Sorry. says it, John Favreau, <laughs> who, who's doing a sort of a cookery show with the chef that trained him for Chef. Okay, yeah, the film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're going around and there's quite a few Marvel stars in Sensibly, yeah. Yeah. And they went to uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's house and cooked a pepper pot for pepper pots. You see the play on word there? <laughs> cooked a pepper I'm not sure what a pepper pot yeah, is. It is it was some it's a some combination gumbo very, very hot. Okay. And it came up in conversation that she had no idea that she was actually in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> okay. So they'd done some filming while she was filming uh, something I think, else. Uh, I think they'd probably done maybe. some filming in the middle of an Avengers movie. Or well, maybe that did go Iron on Man. for about two years, filming those two <laughs> Avenger films. They could easier have. Yeah, yeah. And just if I was her, I would be talking to my accountants <laughs> that I didn't know, they didn't let me know that the money for Spider-Man had come in. <laughs> She's that rich, she doesn't need to worry about yeah. how much money yeah. is coming in. So that is flows so <laughs> cookery show and goop and whatever it is. Now that, that, Say goop again. Goop. Thank you. <laughs> that amused me because I caught the first couple. Where's it on? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. It's on Netflix. Any more addendums? Yes, this one would be of interest to any of our listeners in the United States of America. It's not a real place. Never been there. <laughs> a number of Doctor Who DVD titles that have been unavailable in the United States are to have a made-on-demand re-release via the BBC shop. Ooh, okay. The first batch are to be released on the 25th of June and consist of the Time Meddler. The Crotons, the Three (laughs) Doctors Special Edition, Planet of the Spiders, and the Sunmakers, which is a weird mix, but yeah, yeah, okay, fine. They're then doing a second batch released on the 9th of July, which will consist of The Invasion of Time, Mm. Frontius, Mm. The Mark of the Rani, Mm. The Happiness Patrol, and the TV movie special edition. Mm. Um, is, they are a mixed bag. They, they are. are. They? Yeah. A bit random. Yeah. The titles can be pre-ordered now via the BBC shop on clicking on their relative images when if you Google it or what have you. 
all the titles are in DVD R1 North America region. So, yep, for those in America, you are going to be able to get some of the DVDs. Look for the BBC shop on in America because okay. it's not the same BBC shop that we have over here. I have yeah. an addendum. <gasps> I have one. What's your addendum? There's a book out that people need to buy. Oh, right. called? It's called One More Lifetime. And it's published by You and Who, and it's for charity, and it's basically an anthology of essays by fans linking their lives with particular episodes. How do you know about this particular (laughs) book? Oh, I just heard about it. What story did you contribute to? I got Warriors of the Deep. You got the Warriors of the Deep, yeah. (laughs) I do actually have a copy. Which was actually a pivotal episode for me Mm. Mm. in many, many ways. (laughs) But you'll have to buy it and read the essay to find out. I'm not sure I could pin down a pivotal episode of Doctor (laughs) Who for me. You you didn't get a choice. Alan Hayes made me do it. (laughs) This is your episode. You're doing this one. Can I have Genesis of the Daleks? No, of (laughs) course. Because that's how he talks. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, there endeth the news. Get up, Paul! Now, dear listeners... Sorry, Mr T got away with himself. <laughs> She's glaring at me, isn't she? She does that a lot. I just can't focus her. <laughs> it's the but, smile. But do I have a glaring silence? I pity the ball. <laughs> now, dear listener... Just the one. Yep. Get your Giving finger off that from... button. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me no back talk, sucker. <laughs> Heard it called many things, including that. <laughs> I've stopped fingering the button. A DVD. You really need to say that sentence again. <laughs> <laughs> she was fingering her button over the top of it. Now, dear listeners, we have been watching a DVD. Yes, we have. What Ooh. DVD have we been watching, boys Boogie and nights. girls? Mr Ben. No, it wasn't Boogie Nights. Well, it was. wasn't Mr. Ben either. Uh. I know. It was the Daleks one. Yes. It was Resurrection of the Daleks. No. It was. Why are you saying no? Have I watched the wrong one? <laughs> you watched it with me last no, night. No, worried. <laughs> yes, listeners, we've been watching the bloodthirsty story Resurrection of the Daleks. Cue music. <laughs> Pause for music, you daft cockney bint. We went round the area where Resurrection of the Daleks was filmed quite recently. It looks a lot neater now. Very different, isn't it? Yeah. Hard to believe, looking at it now, how it looked back in the 80s. Yeah. So derelict. Literally, there are broken windows, empty buildings. I'll have a little story about this episode. Oh, God. Come on. Back in 1980... Shut up, you. Back in 1980... What was it, three? 82. When it came out. It, when, no, when no, it was filmed. When it was, 83 it was filmed, filmed in 82. And I worked for Express Lifts, yeah. which was based in London Bridge area. And I used to go for my lunch down to the Dockland area, which was literally five minutes walk, nice and quiet, by the river. I don't know. I am wandering down. I have my sandwiches. I have my Coca-Cola. I turn around <laughs> the corner and I scream because I'm not expecting to come nose to eye stalk with a flipping Dalek. You screamed. <laughs> There's no fans or anything yeah, else. They're just there. They just trundle it out to because no one went there. It was literally a rundown dock area. Yeah. I mean, now I would recognise the location signs and everything, but I didn't know. And they just put it round the corner to one side. 
And there is that moment when you're not expected to see a Dalek <laughs> and you can't help yourself. Did you throw your sandwiches and drink in the air and turn and run? No. Oh, I just mean. went... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and then in the distance I saw a van and, and I figured, oh, they're filming Doctor Who here. Not having camera phones, because I didn't have a camera or anything. I just carried on went down and had my sandwiches and cup, <laughs> you know, and came back and went, they're filming Doctor Who down in the docks. <laughs> but yes, that's my little story of Resurrection of the Dark. That was a lovely story. Thank you for sharing it with us. So it's actually broadcast in February 84. Yeah. yeah. I like this story. It's, it's one of my favourites of all time. It's really? Wonderfully violent. Isn't it? Yeah. Did you did you watch the special features at the end where um sure. John Nathan Turner was trying to convince everyone that it wasn't really that violent? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, Everybody <laughs> yeah. died. It's it's one of the ones <laughs> where you can actually go about their business. It's one of the ones where you can actually play Guess who's going to live? <laughs> and yeah. none of them did. The doctor uses a gun. They shoot yeah. the archaeologist, whatever she is, the professor, in the back. They shot away. Chloe Ashcroft from yeah. play school in the yeah. back. Yes. yes. I yeah. mean, that was unforgivable. Good grief. And they made policemen scary for children. Yeah. yeah. First, Can't go to policemen for help. because. Yeah. Tegan, well, not just that, but when Tegan needed help and she saw yeah. the policeman and she smiled and started to go towards them and Pulls they pulled a gun, a gun on her. Hey, this would never get made now. Not like that. Not anyway, like that, no. <laughs> no this one, I was 14 when this came out and the effects of the gas on the people's oh, yeah, faces made me feel thoroughly ill. Oh, really? It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> This story, I like the fact you had the the super clean Dalek yeah. ship. Yeah. The prison ship falling to pieces. It was it's old, it's knackered. With, with, with and, only one prisoner. And only one prisoner. And it's like a ship that's been hanging around for a long time with a disheartened crew, I think, would yeah. start to look. Mm. Well, and station, then you've got the warehouse that is literally derelict. derelict. Mm. So they're your three main locations, and I think they work to use them very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the sets are really good. Yeah. And well, quite well lit. And usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're darkly lit because it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's it's gloomy and it's not not bright. overlit. In yeah, the not BBC bright, way. bright spotlights. Yeah. yeah, and I was saying that they had to um, reconstruct all the warehouse interior sets in the mm. studio. Oh yeah, clearly. because. They weren't allowed in the warehouses because the floors were wrong. Oh, they weren't <laughs> safe at all. Because when they pushed yeah. the Dalek out the window, he was saying Eric Saywood was saying they had Extra to repair yeah. the top of the yeah the third yeah. floor so they could push yeah. it out. They were rotten. Those wharf areas. I mean, yeah. they hadn't been used since just gone past the Second World War. Yeah. No one used them, not even the local ladies of ill repute. <laughs> there were some fantastic <laughs> characters in this. Yeah. But one thing I did want to say while I remember, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole story from beginning to end mm-hmm. was a warning against the perils of smoking. Okay. <laughs> At the beginning, you had the old guy the yeah. in the doorway, lights yeah. up his fag, gets, gets blown away. Yeah. On the ship, On the you have yeah. um, the technician, played by Snake Opter, lights up her fag, gets her tits shot off. What? Does she? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, she gets she, blown she, away by the trooper when they're going to destroy, when they're going to kill Davros. Yeah, but you can yeah. see her. She's um, tapping the cigarette yeah. into, a, into an ashtray. Having a, having a ciggy while, they, while she was talking to New Boy. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. I didn't ever notice that. Perils of yeah. smoking. Yeah. Wow. It was actually a cigarola, wasn't it? It wasn't a cigarette. It was more like a cigar. It was cigar. tobacco. It yeah. was There was ash. It wasn't, yes. it wasn't one of these vapes. Yeah. Have we ever had anybody from a future smoking, smoking before, before in Doctor I, I don't mm. think so, but... 
that it, yeah. it gave you the idea of how run down, run down, and how nobody really cared. Yeah, yeah the fact she's smoking, that... she's sitting on the control deck, smoking, yeah, smoking. on duty. <laughs> but there was that line that Definitely said that since that inspections had stopped, yeah. everyone stopped caring. Yeah, so yeah. you can tell how po- important Davros was to them. Yeah, <laughs> the not other very. Thing... It's really weird is that at the moment there's this big thing about, you know, inclusion and we have to have mixed casts and everything else. It just was yeah. then. It yeah. wasn't a big thing about it. It just was. Yeah, you look very. at, you know, there was a lot of black people, ex- very, people actresses, of different colours. And they people. weren't in there just because that they were just cast members. That yeah. was it. They were, uh, they were just standard crew member. They weren't yeah. anything special. And there was different roles and, uh, and everything else. Robin Hood outfits. Else. Yeah. 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 Big pockets, Weird big outfits, pockets. They? Yeah, those green outfits particularly well, revealed. Well, I can understand. The pockets. Yeah, well, I can understand why that guy had. Well, they had the big pockets because I got the feeling he was the engineer. Yeah. So you need the pockets to keep all your stuff. But in. they all had them. They now, did. Yeah. Watching back on it, I can I can understand why anyone watching back would think Leslie Grantham was the star name in this. Yeah. No, it was his first thing. It was his first thing. The star (laughs) name in this was Rodney Buse. Yeah. And Rula Lenska. (laughs) Rula Lenska was brilliant. She She exuded boredom. (laughs) Oh, she she was wonderful. She she understood her role. She did. I've had enough of this. I am working to retirement, so to speak. Right, we're all dead. Let's take them out with us. (laughs) She was just fantastic. I think this is my favourite Davros, both with Mm. the acting and the look of him. Mm. Okay. This particular story or just Terry Malloy's Davros in general? Terry Malloy's Davros in general, but this particular, this look of this uh, Davros, because they've redone the uh, command chair. Mm. Not a Mm. bit. Yeah, no, it was longer switches and lights panels at the back, yeah, yeah. and they've redone it. So yeah. I, I like this one. He did some very good ranting he in this. Did, didn't he? he did. Lots yeah. of turning to camera dramatically yeah. and having a good old rant. Going for a Hitler <laughs> rant. Yeah. You expect someone to come in and sort of mop down no. the mouth. <laughs> for those that don't know the plot of this, basically the Daleks and the Mavellans, it finishes off, the Mavellans and the Daleks were having a war. Yeah, it goes on from the last story. Yeah. Yeah. Dark and, story. and basically the Daleks are lost. Quite yeah. badly. Quite badly. The Mavellans Mavellans developed a poison that only poisons Daleks. So the Daleks Virus, managed yeah. to hide all of this poison on Earth. <laughs> they did that with... Uh, Known as the, the squirty oh, yeah. cream poison. Yeah. And <laughs> they decide the only way that they can get themselves out of this hole is to find Daddy, mm-hmm. i.e. Davros, who is a prisoner of the ship, to and get release him. To him. make it better. better. <laughs> but, of course, they are now superior. So they don't need him and he's disposable well, when it's is, all yeah. finished. Well, he <laughs> figures that out pretty Oh, this is this, this is one of the lines that sort of sums up most people don't understand about the Daleks is they will kill you even if they need you. you, you yeah. yeah, they need you, which I think is what one of the guards say. Yeah, it does come up. There's some very hammy moments in this. Very. My favourite being Davros on his own. Ah, my escape pod is prepared. <laughs> yeah. It's really almost bad like voiceover. Yeah, <laughs> really bad voiceover. And then he turns the camera. I don't know if it's meant to be in the monologue, but he talks again. It's clearly been put in after yeah. the fact. His lips don't move. Yeah, yeah, dubbed over the top. <laughs> see, I hadn't realised that. Again, that's the eye thing. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. see that. His yeah. lips weren't moving. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not a great fan of this story. I have to say. It's, Why? I don't know. Just too depressing. 
<laughs> oh, wonderfully it's depressing. depressing. Yeah. Which is odd because I really like Attack of Sidemen, which, which is, is equally as depressing. Which is similarly yeah. quite dark, but I think so, it's got more humour. This seems to be in, almost entirely devoid of yeah, humour. Oh, totally. There's yeah. nothing funny in this no, one at all. This is not a humour story. This is a really, really dark well, story. I, I love the story, I really do, but it, it is the thin end of the wedge of what comes around fully in Colin Baker's time. Yeah. The overdoing the death overdoing the destruction mm. yeah this this is the start of it it is it's a good story but but Colin baker's doctor is criticized for it but he did have a bit of a laugh at all the death yeah 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 um, which, <laughs> if that's if that's better <laughs> i don't know if that's better or not but it did lighten the mood a bit whereas this one you're just murdering people for no mm. reason and is left there hanging <laughs> i don't know there is a reason and that is because daleks kill everything well, that's no, not, not dalek not even daleks the 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 policemen just going around and, yeah. shooting yeah. people and, yeah but i got the feeling right. they've been kind of like robotized almost well, well those are they duplicates they're all duplicates yeah and i'm not sure about Lytton. it's implied that he it's is impl- too but then in the next yeah, story, in this one, it isn't. Yeah, in this one, it's implied, certainly. But that's one of the things I liked about it, because, of course, this is Tegan's last story. Mm, she does nothing. And the, the Daily Mirror had said, she's leaving Dalek's story, what's going to happen? And, of course, my 14-year-old head is going, oh, they're going to kill her as well. And there were many points where I did think that she was yes. she was off. Yeah. But the killing of, of so many innocent people, like the, the guy who was um, mudlarking yeah. with yeah, his yeah. metal detector and that, that had to be done to hammer it all home to her, how mm. awful it was. But that was another thing Eric Saywood said, is they knew it was going to be a Dalek story, and because it had to be a Dalek story, they couldn't make it a Tegan story, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. No. Because apart just... from getting knocked out by a, a Dalek and spending yeah. a lot of time with the lady from play school, she didn't seem to do a lot. She didn't do anything. And Turlo didn't do a great yeah, deal this... more. Oh, he wandered around with his hanky over his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> take that back. This story was very much Daleks, Davos, Doctor. There's yeah. a lot of groups going on here. Yeah, though. That... We've got the escapees from the beginning. I don't know who they were who got shot mm. where they come from what's all that about I don't know well they escaped down the time corridor so they were probably just workers what, from, from the yeah. Dalek ship yeah. possibly yeah. the originals of the duplicates from the Dalek army of the because human when army. Turlo opened that door all the dead bodies that was them because mm. Lytton pressed his beamy up button and they all disappeared so yeah. they were beamed back up to they the ship beamed back up the dead bodies we saw in the duplicate room were the soldiers no, with the other we group we got two groups of dead bodies oh did we okay yeah. Uh, then you've got the Doctor and the crew, you've got the Space Station crew, the, the not units of soldiers, yeah. the bomb disposal soldiers, you've got all these different groups, yeah. all doing their own thing, it really comes together and they all get killed anyways. <laughs> and that poor lad, the, the young the young soldier. Oh, the one the Caled didn't the, like. The Caled really didn't like him. No. Kept no. going for him. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know, it kind of did, it kept giving him love bites on the <laughs> <Yeah>. neck. <laughs> and what did they do to that cat under the blanket? Oh, that was they so must funny. Have Nailed the poor thing down. I actually yeah. surprised they didn't shoot first. Well, that's what we were saying, wasn't it? Oh God, what would happen if they whipped the sack back and just like fire and blow yeah. away this kitten? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the few episodes where the doctor uses a gun, but he yeah. doesn't use it against a person. No, he, he uses it against a carload. Yeah. It's yeah. still a life form. He does shoot yeah. a shoot a Dalek, and he does threaten people with a gun. Not just Davros, yeah. but other people too. This is true. But this is yeah. this is an episode where. To an extent, the assistants are superfluous. It is just, you know, when you get a Dalek story and a Davos story, it just becomes Dalek, Davos, Doctor. Yeah. Everything the Daleks else, don't do much. 
and anyone else around is going to be... You've got to kind of, like, put them out the way for most of the time, which I think they Bad did writing. to some extent. Well, yeah, because did, they didn't do that Genesis of the Daleks. That was about as perfect as you'll get, and yeah. the, both companions were well used. Yeah. I just, yeah, so I just think it was... Remembrance. Ace was yeah. a very major character. And it, I think this it was Along just poorly written, yeah. and, and yeah. Janet Fielding deserved much better oh, yeah. for yeah. A as, a, as a farewell, rather than just tacking it on at the end. And, you know, she's run off. Why hasn't he gone after her? He's waited yeah. all of five seconds, then buggered off. It's, it's, it's Tegan. <laughs> yeah. And she's gone quick. I have to point out one of the um, the big finishes. I think it was one of her first ones. And it's a, okay, out the window. Women, children, Tegan. <laughs> but, you know, they were obviously fond of each other. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So I just, it was just so abrupt. Yeah. yeah. You know, he should have gone after her, talked to her, but no, he just yeah, just went. It's unfortunately it's it's the characters behaving service for the plot, not yeah. the other yeah. way around. And it wasn't it would have I almost been better it, if she'd been given a bigger role in it and then they'd killed her off. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing for her. Yeah. Turlo, next story gets a proper send off. Yeah. The whole of um yeah. Planet of Fire is yeah. a it's just it's a Turlo story. And he's yeah. been in it for less time than Tegan. Tegan was there mm. before the Well yeah, yeah. exactly. Davis's she was there pretty much yeah. the entire run. Yeah. She probably did was it maybe one fewer story than Davison? Yeah, because she was in Logopolis, the whole of Logopolis yeah. and he wasn't. So yeah. yeah. Well, not count to the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but very poorly served. Mm. It's still an awesome story there. The other thing that struck me about this watching it is how akin it is to a two-parter now. Because this was a two-parter. It was, yeah, when it was originally yeah. broadcast. Eric, Eric Saywood said it was written as a four-parter. Yeah. yeah. But said it, was, it was never written as a two-parter. But it was transmitted And you can as... sort of tell when you watch the four-part version, mm. it does have those cliffhangers. It does, But yeah. when it's transmitted as a two-parter, yeah. it's very, very akin to a two-part story to... now. And I think if someone who hasn't watched original Who, this is a good one to watch mm. because it is in that same kind of vein. It has got a fairly similar pace as well yeah. to the new Who. It is a different kind of story, but it's close enough if they find the four-parters and the pace of some of the earlier shows a bit jarring. This is a good one to watch to get into. Yeah. To I've got to admit, I remember watching it when it was first broadcast as the two episodes. Yeah, me too. And then finding out later that it was shown in the States as a four-parter, wondering where the cliffhangers <laughs> were. Yeah. Because it, it just flows straight through and mm. watching it now recently as a four-parter i did find the cliffhangers abrupt and the, pointless the Davros one yeah 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 and mm. um we know the daleks were there we know the daleks were trundling around in the background mm. but the cliffhanger for the end of part one is the dalek materializing in the warehouse mm. which is a standard dalek story and this cliffhanger for part two was davros having a rant yeah <laughs> yeah and I can't remember what the cliffhanger for part so three it, was. It works better as the yeah. two it worked, parts. To then. my mind, it did work a Doctor lot better. Doctor threatened by Stein, who reveals oh yeah, he re reverted to his yeah. No, yeah. The, the, yeah that that was that was the the cliffhanger for the end of part two was oh, the, the cliffhanger for the end of part two was the materialising aboard the Dalek ship and Stein revealing oh, that he's an agent because okay. that's what then. the original cliffhanger was. Ah, okay. So it worked to my mind. Mm. It works a lot better. As two fifty minutes, yeah, yeah, maybe the pace is quite good as well it's for the for the two fifty. It's it is more of a, a modern Who pace than a lot of other Who at that era yeah. in time. But it didn't 
sacrifice some of the script for that. You still had some good interrelationships verbally between the characters and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, although it was paced, it, it didn't become just cliched quotes and that kind of yeah. stuff. And of yeah. course, we had the um, JNT staple of having the Doctor's mind being sucked out with a, <laughs> a flashback. gradual flashback of all the companions. Yeah, nearly all the companions. Yeah. Well, yeah. No Leela, famously. Because so, she, she never looked directly at the camera, apparently. What? Well, that's what they all were. They were all companions looking straight oh, out, yeah. forward. Yeah, they just forgot yeah. it. Uh. <laughs> Poor Leela. Ian Levine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. rubbish. Maybe you could come her up some kind of reason that the Doctor knew she was on Gallifrey, knew their plans for the duplicates, so tried to, to hide, she was hide the fact that... I don't know. No. It's a bit of a, a stretch. Because K9 was there. <laughs> That's true, but it's just a dog. Uh, but it does play into the New Who Time War thing, doesn't yeah. it? It does, yeah. This is another yeah. skirmish yeah, of the Time a, War in retrospect. sort of a, an almost reply shot for Genesis. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I do quite like the way that builds up and the way that from this point on, Dalek stories are continuing a, a story. Yeah. It refers back to the previous one. And then next one refers to this one. Well, it's, I think it was mentioned in the uh, the monthly as the religious arc. Okay. Yes, because you had Genesis, Genesis, Destiny, Resurrection, Resurrection. Revelation. Yes, yeah. it got very biblical. Remembrance. <laughs> then Remembrance. That's where it all falls down. Because this was setting up the uh, the Civil War. Yeah. Dalek Civil War. Yeah. I hadn't seen this one for a while. Believe it or not, because I'm watching in order, I'm going to have to watch it again in a few weeks' <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> but Them's the rules. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I forgot how much I did enjoy this yeah. story yeah. and it's I one I'll say what <laughs> you Always wuss see that's, that's this, you know, this is the depressive mindset <laughs> we, we thoroughly enjoyed it and you're Mr Chirpy over there and you can't cope with it all that death chaos and mayhem yeah. wonderful wonderful <laughs> and no blood yeah no. The, the, the guy getting shot at the beginning and yeah. all the bullets flying into the blanket that the car lid was under and not one blooming old <laughs> oh, no. yes, I know. blankets though when you find a blanket in a warehouse in London Hide under it. No. Yeah, bulletproof. And, and it did Nothing give us one them. of the classic lies of Doctor Who. Like Aunt Vanessa said, when it stops being fun, <laughs> give you it up. Stop enjoying it, give it up. Yeah. I can't stand the confusion in my mind. <laughs> oh, Clearly, God. The best, that was almost not the mind probe. <laughs> yes. yeah. There was some slightly dodgy acting in there, actually. Yeah. And, and that, that was it. That was oh, the oh, other God. thing. Oh, God. Stein. Yes. He's decided, yeah. I've got to blow it up. I'll go to the self-destruct. <laughs> and he spends ages. He's got all the buttons in the yeah. right place. It's brilliant. All he needs to do <laughs> is pull that thing and everything's finished. But no, I'm going to be dead in five minutes. I'll have a little rest. Why? <laughs> if you just press the button, you'd have had all the rest you needed. <laughs> he manages in the end, though, with he his does. Uh, overacted and, and, uh, death. Well, not just him. Weren't no. there some brilliant oh, there's some magnificent. Oh. The, the, the bomb disposal squad. Yeah, those, they those, loved those them. Last two particularly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good grief. Well, Shake going, the hands in the air. Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to be exterminated. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> the best, the most realistic death in the whole thing was the poor bugger that Litton shot in the face. <laughs> popped down. Yeah. yeah. Right, we would like to hear what you chaps think of Resurrection of the Daleks. Do you agree with me and Jean that it's delightfully <laughs> bloody and gory and the death is wonderful? Or do you agree with Snowflake Boy that it's, <laughs> it's too much? The Daleks, there's got to be a maximum amount 
of death as possible. Exactly. Well, you can have that, but you've got to have a bit of fun with it. <laughs> Who said? Yeah. Please share your views with us by writing to show at staggeringstories.net. Get up, Paul. Now, after that discussion about all things death, we go on to the lighter <laughs> subject of Chernobyl with a 30-second recommendation from Jean. Take it away. There is a mini-TV series that has been aired on, I think it was Netflix. No, TV, on Amazon. It's on Sky. Called Chernobyl. And it was by Craig Mazine, and it has people in it like Stella Skursgarden. And it is absolutely brilliant. It's not science fiction. It's not fantasy at all. Flipping frightening, and it's about the Chernobyl disaster in Russia. And I have to say, I haven't seen a better docudrama in my life. And it is frightening how close we all came to saying goodbye. But what I love about this series is for each episode that went out, the creator writer did a podcast where he actually analysed the story and pointing out what was absolutely accurately 100% and what they had changed to dramatise. Not a lot I can, from what I can make out, to oh, yeah. be perfectly honest. And there's bits of, at the end of it where you all think, oh, these people must have died, and it turns out that there are some heroes we will never know the names of that absolutely survived it. It is horrific. It's done so well as well. It's done quite grey tones, and you get that feeling of everyone being afraid in Russia to tell anyone else the truth. I mean, there's a wonderful bit where the nuclear reactor has basically imploded and the guy in charge, they come in and say, it's gone, it's blown up, that's impossible, it won't have happened. No, no, it's blown up. It's, no, you can't have seen that, that can't have happened. It's not there, we can't put the rods there, it's not this. I believe you have not seen correctly, comrade, Oh yes, you are right. It mo- must not have blown up because and it, it was such approach. It was really kind of like the government says this can't happen. It won't happen. The bit at the end about what caused the disaster, it didn't get resolved until the lead scientist basically died or almost committed suicide and it then brought it out. But even after Chernobyl, uh, every nuclear plant in Russia for many years could have had the same thing happen Mm. um, because it was a design flaw. But it is an amazing programme that you can't take your eyes off, even though it is quite horrific in what it's covering, and I would really recommend anyone that gets a chance to watch it. You will not be disappointed, and you will be greatly enlightened as well. That was Gene Riddler's two and a half minute, thirty minute, re- thirty yeah. second recommendation. It's grimmer than Resurrection of the Daleks. It is. It's got ninety nine point seven on IMDb. Wow. <laughs> I must admit, lots of people have been talking about it, and I've been thinking, really should give that a go. Yes, yeah, so I must have taken a bit of time. Right. End of the world. Yeah, Again. going from one end of the world to the <laughs> to other. another. We've been watching television, oh, as is our want. This time, courtesy of Amazon Prime, we've been watching Good Omens. Prepare thyself. Spoilers will be given. Would you like to kick it off? Or husband, would you like to kick it off? I can quite happily kick it off. You kick it off. off. (laughs) I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It is the book. Like 
most of the Terry Pratchett books that I've seen that have been televised, mm-hmm. they are a glorious trailer for the book itself. <laughs> there, there is something indefatigable missing from what they show compared to the book. This, the entire book is there it is almost Perfect how i yeah almost how i imagined it when reading the book it helps has been adapted by one of the co-writers it, yes yeah that is a, a big thing to do with it and that co-writer was swearing that he'd make it a perfect adaptation yeah. for his fellow co-writer who is no longer with us yeah well he, Terry Pratchett. yeah he he achieved that it is perfect mm. wasn't it pratchett's dying wish to it's, neil gaiman that... it didn't start yeah. out as his dying yeah, wish it's, it's been a wish of his quite some time and i believe it has spent many many years in development hell as various people have tried to take a crack at it as a film mm. yeah it wouldn't have worked as a film no or, Six part miniseries, yeah i was it? listening or reading yeah was, I, was, I was listening to an interview with neil gaiman about writing this yeah and someone asked him did you find it difficult given its history of everyone trying to write it did you find it difficult to write he said no i took the book I had six episodes, the book 600 pages, so episode one is 100, <laughs> episode two is page 200, and he literally yeah. just top, cut, top, cut the book into six. Yeah. Where that stops, that's the end of the store episode. Well, that's Why actually not? quite a good way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Why the not? Yeah. Sticking with a streaming series, yeah. you don't need to worry about the cliffhangers no. particularly. Uh, story-wise, it is essentially the end of the world. If you have seen any of the Omen films... That's what particularly. <laughs> This is basically it, except that there's been a small accident. They have lost the Antichrist. Yes, it was was a three-card trick. Find the baby, find the baby. (laughs) One thing we worked out very, very early on is that one of the chattering order of St. Beryl was not very bright. That's why they put her in charge of the biscuits. Yes, Yes. yeah. 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 It's directly from the book, but I do like the information that is conveyed in a wink. Oh, yes. yes. From the first episode. There are Easter eggs and homages to Doctor Who and to Douglas Adams yeah. all over the place. Those little sidelines, the, oh, wink, it's a common human actor. They very much were reminiscent of the book yeah, in Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. which I, I think was done deliberately, and I liked that. On on a flip side of that, that is very much like Patchett's writing. Mm. If you've read any of the uh, Discworld books, oh, there's loads of footnotes yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. to you know extraneous information. And Good Omens, the book, again, had a, a ream of... The, the story might be half a page long, and the other half will be footnotes to what they've just said. Yeah. The uh, radio adaptation didn't have that so much. No. If you do like Hitchhikers, you will love this. Mm. I liked the little tableaus as well. First seeing Crawley. Crawley, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like tempting Eve and that and running off and Asimov putting his wing over Crawley because it's <laughs> raining and then with the ark and the the, ra- the unicorn. The- oh, never mind. The unicorn got away. You've got another one. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And these little tableaus yeah. beforehand the as French their relationship revolution. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing which is different to the the omen, the film, and presumably the book, yeah. is here we've got two greater beings. We've got a, a demon and an angel yeah. who are involving themselves in human affairs. Well, They're basically, become sort friends. of involving themselves in human affairs between themselves. They decided to call a truce, and head office, heaven and hell, have been congratulating them for doing various things when they've actually done nothing. Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> Crody was involved with the M twenty five. We find yeah. out. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can tell just by driving on it. (laughs) But then there'll be other things that happen that mankind came up with all of their own by writing an email going, do you like what I did? So I think, think, if I remember rightly, one of them was congratulated for the Reformation. Mm -hmm. Azriel, I think, was congratulated for the Reformation. Both of them were congratulated for Milton Keynes. (laughs) (laughs) It just just shows, really, that mankind doesn't need any sort of deities. We're perfectly capable of doing evil things on our own. (laughs) Yeah, either massive good things or evil things, just by ourselves. Or just being human in the end. Yeah, basically. Neither good nor evil. In in terms of the heaven and hell, I did start to think, have they got this the right way around? Because the demons were all mooching around and didn't seem to particularly want a war. The angels were like, well, we're going to have a war. war. We've got to have a war. We're going. It's like sitting there thinking, actually, the good guys are more bloodthirsty and horrible than the bad guys. (laughs) They're good guys. They're dedicated to what they're the ineffable plan, which nobody seems to know anything about. Because it's ineffable. The the hellboy and the hellhound. (laughs) Oh, and I loved that scene in the book and it was just as good when they televised it. This big slathering beast ready to be anything his master wants. And he turns into this little Jack Russell. With an ear inside with out. With an inside out ear. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some lovely bits with Thou shalt not commit adultery, Polfus. Just that's Jack Whitehall. And God, doesn't yeah. he look like nine years old without his beard? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that was Newton Pulsifier. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. That was his, his great grandson. But the kids were all really good. They really enjoyed the kids. They struck gold then. Yeah. I mean, I started watching episode one at about six in the evening and went to bed at about one o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah. We I did. We blitzed them on the bounce. It. We, yeah. we, we hid it all in one night. Yeah. I did also no, I like the fact that you don't have pestilence anymore because no. you can't because we've invented Pestil- so it's become pollution. Yeah. So according to the book, pestilence gave up in the 50s when they invented uh, penicillin. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it can't. And the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes, Agnes Nutter. Nutter. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw Crowley with that last prophecy, mm. I twigged what was going to happen when, where with thy, the, face, where the thy face well okay, yeah, I kind of yeah. like sitting going, I think I know where that one's going but I still thought that was entirely played and I loved the way that both Michael Sheen and David oh. Tennant played their roles David mm. David Tennant's walk <laughs> <laughs> the swaggering walk when he had when he, when he had the had the uh, the baby basket. <laughs> Later's ciao. I think I think he was absolutely wonderful. And Michael Sheen was the right side of squeaky squeaky innocently good, naive to the point of like oh for heaven's sake. One of my favourite scenes on it was uh, one of the flashbacks when they're in the church with the two German spies mm. and oh, yeah. and oh, the don't, books, yes. yeah and. And Tenants Crowley walks in as if he's walking across hot coals because he's on a church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, all three of the League of Gentlemen were in that yes. episode, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Dimple Chin Boy's in it as well, isn't it? Uh, playing Shakespeare. We had yeah. David Tennant in the Globe again. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that was it. When I saw that, I thought, oh, Reign of Terror. Ha ha, that's going to please the Who fans. Alpha Centauri. Hang on, there's more going Alpha on. Alpha Centauri. Than- <laughs> yeah. And apparently there are loads of deliberate Doctor Who Easter eggs. Y- you mentioned a number 23 there's something like 23 or something easter eggs in here that are Doctor Who 
and Douglas Adams. Mm. I think some of us have spotted some, like Tom Baker's skull tie, tie, in, in the tie yeah. the sidrat on the, the sidrat on the number plates. Yeah. So they, they are at first. I started to think, oh, it's just I am seeing things that are <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because it's a Doctor playing. Yeah, not they that, are Neil Gaiman obviously with Doctor Who. Oh, Michael yeah. Sheen has been in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I did like the yeah. fact the security guard though was reading a Neil Gaiman book. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I felt so sorry for that guy. <laughs> oh, and where did he end up exactly he just yeah. got vanished he might have been brought back at the end I hope he was because he was having a bad day yeah. <laughs> there were bits from the book that didn't make it oh really okay I, read the book. I sometimes think people read too much into things in the book hmm. um, Shadwell I mean he's an ass, but in the book he has some basically casually racist dialogue oh really he okay. uses the term darkies and yeah. the like uh-huh. And there's also complaints that uh, Michael Sheen, I can't remember the guy, oh God, Aziraphale. Aziraphale. Yep. They're trying too hard to make him gay because he's he's manicured and he's nice and everyone's expected to think he's gay. No, he's so Exactly. But these are thing arguments that have all come up since really? it came out. The my wow. favourite one though was Neil Gaiman's response to a guy on Twitter oh, yes. who when you go onto his Twitter feed brags that he's a white supremacist, <laughs> turned off after two minutes and said, I'm not watching that. Yeah. It took me ages to work out why <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it, Adam and that Eve was just and God the, being the, God, the Garden of Eden but of course Adam and Eve's bl- Ava Black and and God's a woman as soon yeah. as I saw <laughs> that Adam and Eve were black I went oh that is going to piss some people off even though, <laughs> even though we all prob- come from Africa even though it's probably very accurate <laughs> should the whole thing have well, happened yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the poor the missing sword do you have a fiery sword <laughs> not on me no I think it was one of the stanzas of the printed in the Bible that got lost rather quickly. And God said until the, didn't you have a flaming sword? <laughs> but I, at the very end of it, I have a feeling I know whose side the angel and the demon are going to be on. And I don't think it's necessarily their own side. <laughs> I'm still on the side of humanity. humans. Yeah. Yeah. I found the payoff too quick too easy i mean i can't rem- i can't I remember I- how it ended in the book but the the whole the devil the, the devil giving up and running away because adam says you well, haven't been you haven't been a very good father to me well, it just it, it, well, i think at that point the power the devil needed from adam had then dissipated basically he's onto a loser he couldn't and yeah. also at that point in time the boy was at the height of his powers yeah. that as we can see manipulates reality hence mm. the lemon dro- the atomic lemon drops that was and, and also by that point the hellhound was just a dog now it had so much of the hellhound mm. taken out of him yeah it just it, was just, it just came across as a, as a bit rushed and, mm. and I'm not sure it came across necessarily on the TV series, but certainly in the book, it, it is a dry run. Mm. It was just a practice to see whether everything is in place for... Yeah, that didn't come out at all no. on the TV series. Yeah, no. you got the feeling so, that that was it. That was... Yeah. So will there be a second series? Because you had... I know they burnt them, but you did have the further prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which... If there were any really in there. There was plans for a second book, but they never actually got round to it. Yeah. So there yeah. is a, a sort of a loose nebula 
nebulous draft of ideas. Yeah. But it's possible that Neil Gaiman might try to make another series, although... Yeah. What would it be? Well, presumably the, the war which will destroy heaven and hell. Just leave against, Earth. against man. But no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, me too. I had to admit, I'm, it's... I'm watching it again. Yes. Okay. I'm in oh, the middle yeah. of a second viewing. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, yeah, there the is things. so much yeah. in there. Incredible cast, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. People they got for this. Well, Even for John a very minor Ham, role. Isn't it? John, John Ham has obviously yeah. got a major role. Derek Jacobi. Gabriel. Yeah. Derek Jacobi. Derek Jacobi is Metatron. Miranda Richardson. Yes. As the strumpet the Jezebel. <laughs> Retired. Retired. <laughs> and who was it that played Agnes Nutter with the You're 11 minutes late and I should be on oh, the stake by now? Josie, Josie Lawrence. Josie yeah. Lawrence. Who played the same character, I think, in the audio book. Yes. I think she's the yeah. only person who played the same character. Yeah, I do like the fact that like 100 pounds of TNT and, and house nails were uh, sewn into a skirt. <laughs> yeah. And Crowley has the most luscious, gorgeous terrified house plants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you never thought to try that. Threaten them to love. Grow better! Like, I, I, I and torturing that poor little sapling because it had a hole in its leaf. <laughs> there was an element of me that thought Caesar Doom at that point. <laughs> and I'm glad he got his car back. Yes, the Bentley. The poor, when he's kneeling in the road virtually in tears because his car's I'm blown up. I'm having a moment here. <laughs> Crowley has one thing that they don't have, an imagination. He believes the car can run when it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, yeah. well, yeah. what? Just try, try not to read too much into it. This is just one of those things that's an absolutely fantastic yeah. romp. Yeah, sit and down and I watch. Just, I, it was my fault for going on Twitter. It's not supposed to be a religious indictment. It's no. just to be a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a Mickey take of the first Omen film. Um, I've not heard anything negative at all. Everything's been overwhelmingly positive from what I've seen, but I've not gone out of my way to... I don't and Neil Gaiman published a couple of links to um, a couple of reviews. Like the guy from the BBC oh, really? seemed to think uh, his opinion was essentially, well, if you like this sort of thing, you'll like this, and then spent 300 words explaining why you're an idiot for liking this sort of thing. Given the BBC put money into it, that's a brave move for him. <laughs> yeah. There is the problem when you make anything that has overtones. religious overtones or features religious iconography. There will be people out there who will be offended well they can bite me <laughs> yeah. you choose a bit to like, be offended you know, by a piece of fiction people who are offended by the life of Brian because it's the life of Jesus even though in it Jesus is actually yeah, in the character. first two minutes <laughs> just a bit later as well yeah. <laughs> well yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I can see if you believe in angels and you think they're pure and incorruptible or whatever then you might look at the angels in this and think they're not my angels these guys well, are just yeah, again, uh, also don't know what angels really used to be like. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you can see how it might clash with their ideals, but yeah, none of it's real. Okay, again, as always, we'd like to know what you thought of Good Omens. We know what Naya thought because she's written to us about Ooh, it. Oh, but the rest you. of you can follow her lead by writing to show at staggeringstories.net. Oh, and there's a brilliant YouTube video out there of the um, chattering order of St. Oh, Beryl's yes. singing about the cute baby Antichrist. And we'll put a link in the show notes because it's very, very funny. <laughs> oh, yes. And his nosy wosy. And his cute little dozy wosies. <laughs> right. Some of you have been writing to us again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank One you. One of those someone's is you. Naya. 
Nina. Thank you, Thank Nina. You, she says, my dear staggering storytellers. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's been a while since I've written. I've okay. been a little distracted with life. Oh, dear. Life. However, Don't talk to me about life. I hope that you will be tackling the superb miniseries of Good Omens. No. No, we decided not to. When it comes out on the BBC, if not quite yet, no spoilers, just that it's superbly done. That David Tennant gives a magnificent performance, leaving no scenery unchewed. <laughs> and that yep. the storyline is both kept intact and updated beautifully. Don't you think I've captured her accent? Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like was in the room. Exactly. Um... I had reread the book and re-listened to the Radio 4 podcast before the miniseries came out. And, well, there was a lot of casual racism that should have been left behind in the 1990s, and yet the podcast brought unchanged into the 21st century. You can tell it was an early effort by young men. By the end, both Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman were, are, better than that. Mm. Fortunately, Neil was given the chance to change that, and he did. While I miss some of the subplots and scenes that they couldn't keep due to expense or time, I don't miss the antiquated attitudes one bit. Mm. Good Omens is a charmer from beginning to end, and well worth the watching. Naya. Thank you, Naya. Yeah, interesting. After a new version of the book, are they? <laughs> oh, there's another letter. Yes. Ear staggerers. Gore blimey governor, but I don't half seem to be channeling a certain chirpy cockney sparrow. I, I so think he's uncanny. talking about you. But that, thankfully, has passed. So Game of Thrones finished then. It was a show that covered so many types of killing. <laughs> Patricide, suicide, genocide, infanticide, fratricide. Avunculicide. Avunculicide, matricide, familiarcide, pedicide. Amiticide. <laughs> whatever that is. Hamsters. Famicide, feticide. Episcopicide. <laughs> Sort of. Tyrannicide. Uh, Canicide. Tyrannicide. Countryside. Seaside. And this goes on. As for the types of nudity, not today. <laughs> I did think that Arya would kill more than just the Night King, but on balance, she had her hero moment. The penultimate, second to last Americans, episode had some of the most cinematically beautiful shots that I've ever seen on a TV in a long time. Handbrake turn. You mentioned taking part in a pirate-themed escape room. Was that the one at Tully's Farm? It was yes, indeed. It was. Dun, dun, dun. Have yet to go there. Is this any good? Yes, yes it, it was. Is. Well, we beat it, so I think we consider it good. Only just. <laughs> I know, anyone anyone I know, can beat it in half an hour. It takes skill to beat it in 30 <laughs> seconds. Talking of 30 seconds. A 30-second recommendation. Ooh. Ghosts. So a six-episode comedy series that aired on the BBC recently. Mm -hmm. Written by and starring the team that did Horrible Histories, a TV show, it's a cross between the ghosts of Motley Hall <laughs> and something that I haven't thought of yet. Damn your eyes. You have some clever laugh-out moments and occasional moments of sombre reflection. Also has the best caveman, so it's Captain Caveman. Yep. Captain Caveman! Could this be any more vexing? Was that 30 seconds? No, I don't no, know. I tried to yeah. time it. Mississippi. Mississippi. As I typed. But I got one Mississippi and then realised I had to type Mississippi, so I had to start it again. <laughs> In other spoilers, he's his father. He's a ghost. She's a he. He's the master. He's the master. She's the master. It's the damn dirty future. He's twins. He's the devil. It was the inspector. It was all of them. He thinks he's his own mother. It was a caretaker and he would have got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids. The annoying little nephew is a big baddie. He's not a priest. She's his mother. It's non-linear language. The unsinkable sinks. She's hypnotising them. It's a head. He is legend. Literally. He's not legend. Not literally. They all come back. 
He wasn't a leaf on the wind. He held the door. He's actually contemporary. He's really a goodie. I am Groot. The dog waited outside the pizza place for years. <laughs> Sniff. She's an alien. It's his brother. And finally, be nose. Lost. What? I have no idea. <laughs> Yours obtrusively, the shy, so no sure of Banstead and Rygate. Was it Reading? Somewhere with an R. P.S. I tell you next time. I believe that is a riddle. <laughs> you annoying fart. That's going to keep me up all night. I dislike you with a passion anyone... known only to the gods. God. Did anyone else see ghosts? No, no. but I I've saw been told the to first watch episode. it. I've, I watched all of it, and yes, similarly, the ghosts of Motley Hall did go through my head, and I have to agree, it is the best caveman since Captain Caveman. Okay, it's um, on iPlayer, isn't it? It's on iPlayer. Quite how it took so many people to write it when you see who wrote it. Basically, all of the horrible history's crew. Mm. Um, the pigeon is wonderful. Okay. <laughs> the pigeon is hysterical, actually, in its own way. Yeah, it, it's a gentle comedy. It's got bits of pathos in it. I think the number of episodes they did for the season was quite right and I can see it having another season yeah it's it's a bit of gentle fun we shall have to look for it yeah, another one to catch. A different uh, thing to Chernobyl, I suspect. Yes, it's it's actually it's actually quite refreshingly different to a lot of things that are on TV at the moment. In that it's not a, a sitcom comedy, but it, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Hmm. I do believe we have some audio feedback. I think we do. Who would this audio feedback be from? Well, apparently Crumbly's not actually dead. Is He's it? just Is it? gone somewhere else. Oh. oh, okay. Damn him. Same thing as being dead. Pretty much. Yeah. Damn his eyes. I mean, I've got a horsham, you know. <laughs> Why would you want to live when you'd done that? <laughs> don't know. Really don't. Okay, here he, here he goes. Hello, Crumbly here. Hello, Crumbly. Sorry I'm not at this podcast, but I'm currently down in Hampshire, enjoying all that that fair county has to offer. I would just like uh, to show my thoughts and sentiments on Good Omens. Oh, yeah. yeah. As I'm one of those poor benighted souls who doesn't have subs- uh, subscription TV, <laughs> my observations will mainly be drawn from the book. Okay. The idea of having David Tennant as the demon Crowley was a very good idea, from Gumbing to the Doctor, a good guy, to a bad guy turned good. I get the impression, after so many min- millennia of existence, both both Crowley and Aziraphale, the angel, both see Earth as a very cushy assignment, mm. and that mm. they don't want to see that ruined by such a trifling matter as the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are numerous laugh-out-loud moments in the novel, such as the scene where Aziraphale and Crowley are being chased by the police. At this point, one of our protagonists Dropped leans out of the window, says a few words and makes a gesture, at which point the pursuing police car shudders to a halt. What made me laugh was not so much that the police car's engine had been transformed into something, but omitting to say what it had been turned into. This was left down to the reader's fevered imagination. The four motorcyclists of the apocalypse was an amusing modern update, especially where they're all playing an electronic trivia game in a motorway service station. And death doesn't know the year that Elvis Presley died. (laughs) Cut straight to a scene outside a football stadium somewhere in the Midlands, where an elderly rotund American gentleman is flipping burgers in a food van, all the while singing Heartbreak Hotel. Yep. That was in there. This and many other throwaway comments, including that both Aziraphale and Crowley wanted to claim the credit for either Milton Keynes or the M25 motorway for its confounding effects on the human psyche. I'm sure that Michael Sheen and David Tennant will admirably bring uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's collaboration to life. Oh, yeah. And I look forward to seeing it come to terrestrial TV later in the year. BBC Two, I think. 
On a sadder note, I must say a few words on the passing of Paul Darrow. A little while ago, a lot had been said about the character of Kerr Avon, mm-hmm. cold, calculating, and not above sacrif- sacrificing others in order to further his own aims. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of Blake Seven was diametrically opposed to that of Star Trek. Yes. Several characters thrown together each with their own axe to grind against a galaxy-wide repressive regime and not always liking each other in order to wage a guerrilla-style war was revolutionary. No pun intended. Paul always said that he allowed Avon one smile per episode of Blake yes. 7, which I find amusing and very much in, uh, to the character. Other TV performances I've seen Paul in. Well, a lot has been said about Time Lash, even the <laughs> scene where Nicola Bryant appears to be menaced by a giant willy. Yeah, nothing Paul's to do with contribution Bordero, to this rather polarising episode was no less memorable. Another scenery-chewing uh, programme was an episode of the rather camp 1970s series Hammer House of Horror. The episode, Guardian of the Abyss, features Paul as the leader of a sect of devil worshippers <laughs> wanting to call up their favourite diabolical deity. More recently, I have always enjoyed his pithy, sardonic uh, soundbites played between songs on the digital radio station Jack FM. All in all, a sad loss for many fans and members of the sci-fi community. Okay, that's my penny's worth. Hopefully I'll be back for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Oh, Wasn't he also in the Strangerers, that Sky thing from uh, years yes. ago? Yes, yeah. yeah. That's never been released on DVD, is it? Because I, I honestly don't know. He was one of the, the humans, or what we think is possibly yeah. humans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's done loads of stuff. Okay. Yep. So that brings us to the end of another podcast. Oh. Thank God. But fear not. Oh, no. Next time there'll Don't be more it. of the same. You said it. More news and reviews. No. More fun, frivolity and jollity. <laughs> more news and reviews. More who old and new, perhaps, one day. So, until that head of pert we... <gasps> oh. oh, God. Hang <laughs> about, we gave him the intro. Do we have to yes. say hello to him as well? Yes. Probably best. Oh. Don't kill us, please. <laughs> Should we do a P then? <laughs> so until that pathologically petrifying, perverse, crescent <laughs> pile of Pongo and poo <laughs> comes plopping down towards us. <laughs> this is me, Fake Heath, saying farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. <laughs> Very strange. You have been listening to the Stacking Stories podcast, series one, number 317, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Fake Keith, Real Keith, and Gene Riddler. Views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers of the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggerystories.net. Just a minute, I'm finding the blowy up thing. The blowy up thing. That's what she said. She said the blowy up thing. <laughs> First name, mister. Middle name, period. Last name, T. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I have one addendum. He's He nicked my other addendum. Shut up, fool! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> nope! Oh, <laughs> it's down by your foot. Down, down. Dooby down, down. Come a, come a, down. Dooby do down, down. You threw it and it could have broken. This tea is very tough. Get up, Paul. <laughs> you realise you're going to get that all <laughs> podcast. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for.
www.staggeringstories.net. She does that all without a script, all from her memory. Yeah, I forgot how to speak halfway through that one. <laughs> it sounded like it. Yeah. Right, you've said aortic aneurysm. Aortic aneurysm. Oh, is that the end of it? Yes. yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it kind of like finished like it does, that. It does. Resurrection it of the Daleks. That is the Peter Davison one, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yes. I did watch I, I, the right She's one. watched Revelation. <laughs> I, I hope so, because that's the one we watched. <laughs> this is the one that I had an argument with the Dalek on, isn't it? She's gone mad. No, I've not gone, gone mad. mad. There is a story mad. behind Resurrection of the Daleks. <laughs> well, yes, there, there is. It's quite a good one. We were about to discuss it. <laughs> mad as a brush. <laughs> Bubble wrap bed. Ah, oh, the uh, the doctor's bubble wrap. Spent most it of the time. It didn't pop going, enough, did it? You <laughs> <laughs> was uh, a lighter man back then. Yeah. Well, when he got on, <laughs> when he first got on it, there was a whole space to. <laughs> Staggering storytellers. <coughs> Do that again. Shall I start that again? He's jealous of you. He's trying to screw up your take. <coughs> You're dying. Yes. <laughs> Do it quietly. Here. Oops, sorry I'm not at this point. Oh, oh, stop right. talking. Oh, you shouldn't have started yet. Shut up, Crumbly. <laughs> Crumbly, no. stop Crumbly, it. Crumbly, stop. Crumbly. 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 You're not listening. Mary, sorry. It, what were you saying? It, it. <laughs> Sweet, she's baby, and she